Welcome back to another episode of People of Product. My name is George Brooks, and on today's episode, I get a chance to meet with Sean Steppy. Sean is the Senior Manager of Restaurant Systems at Hawaiian Bros Island Grill. Hawaiian Bros has been a breakout restaurant here in the Kansas City area, and it is spreading across the country. And one of the ways that they're doing that is by using technology to not only create a better end-user or customer experiencing for ordering, for, for the checkout process, but also in the kitchen and on the backside of their organization as they think about scaling, they're using technology and data to help them make decisions to provide a better service to their customers. Sean is a brilliant guy. He's an engineering thinker, but he's applying this engineering way of looking at problem solving and, and really looking at how do we experiment fast and also spread that information across in this case, multiple physical locations to really get the best impact possible. I think you're going to love this conversation. So let's jump right in. Well, Sean, welcome to uh, People of Product. I'm super excited to have you on today. Um, tell me a little bit about your world, because uh, I think this is this is fascinating. Uh, the more we've gotten to know you, I'm really very excited about this space. Side note, there are several people at our organization that are huge fans of Hawaiian Bros. So tell me a little bit about yourself, Hawaiian Bros, and where does design and technology fit into this world? Sure. Um, yeah, so Hawaiian Bros is a Kansas City born and bred company, um, and I have been with them for about two years now. Um, one of the things that really caught my attention with them was their love of technology and how they could use it to kind of push the brand forward um, and stand out in what sometimes seems like a crowded space. Um, and that's kind of where I get to expand and spread my wings. Um, We've got some leadership that really, really focuses on, you know, the possibilities of using tech in the restaurant space. Um, and that's been an exciting thing that they've, they've handed off a lot of tools and a lot of freedom to kind of test and um, try new things, break things and go back and kind of refocus. So that's so good. Yeah. It's interesting. Years ago, we went to a restaurant tour that had a series of like high end restaurants, right? And we pitched that we were going to like digitally transform their restaurants. And he was like, I don't want any of that. Now, it's, ironically, he has end up, ended up doing some of that. But he's like, at the time, he's like, I don't want any of that. Because my experience when people go to my, <clears throat> my high-end restaurants, excuse me, is that we're in the entertainment business and we just happen to have food involved, right? And so right. for him, it was about making sure the customer experience was just like hot, like top notch, and that their servers were were the folks that were like basically entertaining folks all evening. And I, and one thing I've noticed is that when I've been to Hawaiian Bros, well, it's not it's not a high end restaurant, right? We're not thinking of ourselves as being like trying to shoot yeah, we're, we're stars. in the the quick service sort of restaurant industry, so yeah, 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 uh, not fast food, not fast, casual, sort of in between. Quick service. All right. I like that. Um, and, but what, what's incredible is you can tell how um, the people real, that work there really love working there and they love the experience that this, of this unique thing that is Wine Bros. And they're empowered from what you've told me before, they're empowered by technology to be able to do that even better so that we can, they can, you know, you can serve your customer in a way that, that in some ways delights them 
Um, even though you're really about moving the cars through or moving the orders out yeah. or getting the the food out quickly. So maybe how does that connect to the kind of the end user experience where technology comes into play and how that equips people to, to create the best possible experience for Hawaii? Sure. That's a great question. Um, you know, I think, think of any drive-through um, and you want to get in, get out, right? If, if you start having delays and maybe there's issues on the software, the, you know, the ordering points, you start kind of racking up these little pain points. Um, mm. So if we can eliminate those, then the guests get to focus on the quality of the food and our employees aren't frustrated um, by things that don't work when they should. Um, and that kind of all adds up to it's simple, but it's a, it's a better experience. Um, you get in and you get out, the food's great. It's, your order's right. Um, little things, but it's hard to get right sometimes. So, and the food is great. I just want to say, pass that along to your team. Again, yeah. we've got, we've got fans. Uh, so for context, how do you describe Hawaiian bros? Cause it is a unique, it's not like burgers and fries. What, wh how do you describe the food that Hawaiian bros serves? Yeah. So it's, um, it's a take on the plate lunch, uh, which is a, a very common thing that you would get in Hawaii uh, roadside, maybe on North beach. Um, stop after surfing, grab a plate of rice, some sort of protein, maybe mac salad or some steamed veggies. Um, and we focus in on on two proteins. It's going to be your chicken and your pork um, cooked a few different ways. Um, and then yeah, delicious mac salad, which I had never had before. And now I'm addicted. Um, it's so good. <laughs> and steamed, steamed rice. It's simple, but uh, it's it's all cooked fresh. Uh, no freezers or anything like that. So I think that goes a long way as well. Now you talked about the, there's a connection between like the point of sale system, which is the obvious place, right? Where people are putting in their orders where their, their orders are being taken, um, so that you can move that to kind of the, the kitchen or to the back, the back end. So that's, there's kind of, it sounds like to me like there would be multiple stages. There's the, the, the consumer experience, uh, which might be the ordering. And then there's the, how does that order get to the kitchen so they know what they're doing efficiently? And I, you've you've nerded out on like different ways that you've experimented with with yeah. that. So we can go there. And then of course, how does that data get fed back up to the fact that you have I don't know like thirty or forty locations now? So yeah. how talk to me about those kind of stages of where technology is in play there? Yeah, absolutely. So um, one of the things is you know if you're a customer, there there are three order points, three potential order points in the store. You drive through a kiosk or at the cashier stand. Each one of those has its own unique UX UI. Um, and they, they have different pieces for that. You know, you have to build them a little bit differently to make it easier to use. Um, then on the same side, on the employee side, and each one of those order points would have a different facing interface for them. Um, and all of these things kind of have to make sense. Um, we, send those orders, they all combine into multiple lines in the kitchen, which we can change based on capacity. So we can move where tickets are going. The managers can go in there and click of a button, um, reorganize their kitchen lines um, as they see fit throughout the day. And that, that's been a huge thing to increase our speed and our throughput um, and a, a challenge in the beginning, but now it, it just works so great. Um, and one of the things that I'm really excited about right now is I'm actually working with the Toast Point of Sale product team um, to test out a new feature where we're going to start seeing the tickets come into the kitchen screens, which is what, what we've got. We've, each line has 
um, you know, a prep station, a second prep station, an expediter, and those three screens all move tickets in a certain way. Um, in the drive-through, as you're putting an order in on a handheld, those tickets will appear as the order is actually getting put in. So we can start prepping your order before you're even done ordering, which is, is going to be pretty cool. That's freaking cool. So, I mean, talk about efficiency. I, I always think, I mean, I, I have actually, actually, that's the one space that I haven't done a lot of uh, work in. I didn't work in food services at all growing up. Yeah, me either. I mean, I bartended in college, but yeah. uh, my background is, is engineering and um, it, it's been neat to take that mindset and then also learn so, so much about the, in the industry. So. So, so, okay. So you can go even from as they're ordering, as that, as those items are coming in, you've already got the, the line prepping, like, okay, cool. We need to get that, that they want this particular protein with that, that sauce that, yeah. okay, this, this plate. Cause at that, a certain point you already know this is where they're going. Right. Um, how much of that is, this is interesting. Cause you're doing, you're doing a lot. You're doing everything from taking existing platforms and integrating them in like toast, and, and probably others, how much of that is also building kind of custom integrations in between? So right now, uh, we're lucky enough to have a great team um, on the product side with Toast that's that's willing to listen and, and help us build nice. a lot of those connections. Uh, we do have some other good partners that uh, are, are willing to kind of get access to different APIs. Our, our tech team is is tiny. Uh, there are five, five full-time employees currently. So um, we, we don't have the capacity for a lot of in-house development, but you know, maybe down the road, um, there'll be some options for that. I think this is what I was so impressed though. When we first talked was I'm all about the speedboats, right? Like that you get to the point where you've got, uh, you know, the cruise liner and it is much harder to move as fast as oh, yeah. you described you being able to move, even to the point where you have a location that you kind of dedicate to being like your R and D lab, right? You've got a space where you just can like try thing. Talk, talk to me a little bit about that space. Cause I, I know that yeah. there's probably folks that are trying to do this, but not knowing exactly how to put these things into motion or, or where do you test this or how do you roll it out to multiple locations? But you've thought through some of that. Yeah. So, uh, lucky enough to have, um, at, our, at one of our locations in South Overland park, um, we have a second, second story on a restaurant and in, in that second level and we actually built a test lab so we have all of the equipment that we've got in in the restaurants and um, all the technology equipment and i can actually test new configurations new new software like this the drive-through ordering that we're working with toast um, it's in an alpha stage so you know it's bare bones but i get to see it in action and give them real feedback and you know talk about that i don't like the text colors they're hard to read things like that um, and, and, you know, fix things before we go make somebody's life more difficult by saying, Hey, we're just going to put this in productions. <laughs> um, it's been great. Uh, it's really a nice tool for us. That's super cool. And then how do you, how do you find, cause you have a unique challenge. And I think a lot of folks don't realize the complexities that would go with either retail or food services or things that have physical locations. What's it like to roll out that technology? not only to one location, because for, for a lot of our clients, it's, hey, publish this and like all your employees will have access to it. Yep. Or, um, you know, put this out and we'll maybe test it in certain markets across the world for big social platforms and something like that. But, but ine inevitably, we roll it out to everybody and they all have a, a consistent user experience. 
What's that like to roll that out, to train, to equip, to get feedback, to deal with support? It's a challenge, like, yeah. Yeah, yeah, okay, yeah. okay. It's real, it's real. Um, Talk to me a little bit what, about how you approach that. Yeah, so it, it kind of depends on what's getting updated or rolled out. Um, I'll, I'll talk about two things. So uh, we're, we're currently testing selling some of our retail items, t-shirts and hats and things like that on DSP channels, yeah. uh, which is delivery service provider. Um, and we, so we picked one location and we just made sure that all the items were gonna show up online and look correct, have, have good flow through. Um, once we approved that, we picked eight more locations based on their volume of sales. Um, so we did kind of a group of low performing stores on, on the DSP sales and then a high performing. And we're going to take like a month or two worth of data um, and then decide, you know, do we move forward with this or should we just leave it for now? Um, then on like food or menu updates, things like that, um, we'll do something similar. We look at a lot of the sales data, uh, maybe throughput through drive through and we get kind of a starting point, and then we publish a change to a group of restaurants, and we look at the data after that, and we decide like, okay, you know, how can we roll this out based on on what we're seeing? So it's it's a lot of data driven decisions. I think this is fascinating. So I want you, I want to, I want to hear more because like data driven decisions. This is something that I think a lot of organizations struggle with, but you have created almost a culture uh, of the value of data. Oh, yeah. uh, I, you mentioned that a couple times where you kind of were like, we, we get, we get nerdy about it. So, yeah. so talk, talk to me a little bit about what, what is the, what is the data culture? I don't know. Maybe that's not the way you refer to it, but like, how do you think about um, the way that data informs those decisions, not only in maybe the rollouts, but you're you're looking for efficiencies and you're looking for opportunities through your data and you're looking for all types of things. T tell me more about how data plays into that. Yeah, I mean, it, it starts really in-house in, in the restaurants where every Friday we've got um, a film room call where the CEO and, and all of our managers get on and we go over every detail, whether it's reviews, drive-through times, total tickets, total sales, and we put them into like scorecards, um, so they're visually easy to digest. And, and we we kind of look at that as the overall health of the brand and, and how we can make these small adjustments every week to keep increasing sales. Um, then on the backside with our finance team and, and some of the other people, uh, Matt Stump, who we lovingly refer to as Data Daddy, um, <laughs> <laughs> it's always, always every, every company needs a data daddy. Yeah, you gotta have one. <laughs> um, you know, we've been working on some a, a project for a few months now um, that's actually finally testing and, and running great. Um, I'm moving data from our toast point of sale from their cloud and putting it into a Google Cloud, and then actually we built um, our our own server to kind of you know manipulate and sift through that data a little bit quicker. Um, and we're cutting down on a lot of hours every week. Um, I mean, when you have 40-ish, 40-plus restaurants and you've, we've brought on our first franchise group, um, that data is going to start. I mean, it's it's growing quickly. So we realized it, it's time to start organizing it and, and get some processes in place um, now rather than later. What are What are some of the biggest challenges? What are some of the things that you're, I mean, it sounds like, You've been at this for a couple of years now, and 
things are starting to lock in. Obviously, huge congrats on the franchise sale. That's that yeah, is super that's a big threshold. I know you were working towards that, and the team were really pushing hard towards that. As you start thinking about that scale, where are the areas where you go, man? This is this is still challenging, and maybe the industry as a whole hasn't even figured this out. Um, I'd love to see X uh, get better. Where where do yeah. you see maybe not just for Hawaiian Bros, but for the industry um, as a whole? Yeah, I think I think the biggest thing that um, you, know, you know me personally I suffer from is these segmented apps and and pieces of software um, and, and really missing out on a unified dashboard to kind of not only access those but to get any sort of information in one place. Um, it, it might take me a couple hours to sift through all of the different pieces just to get an overview of, of how things are running in a day. And, you know, that's a huge time suck. So, it, I, you know, maybe somebody's figured it out, but with the growth in cloud apps and cloud software, I, I have a feeling it's probably pretty segmented for a lot of people. Well, and you have to assume, and, and I, like I said, I haven't been in this space. You have to assume some of the big, big, big players, you know, the international food services groups have, have probably massive teams that are just dedicated That's to true. this. Yeah. And like you said, you're a small speedboat right now. So you're able to experiment and figure out what works for you. And I think what's interesting about Hawaiian Bros is that you're creating something unique both from a culture, although I do, you, you mentioned the fact that like, we'd be picking up these plates after going surfing and we're, we're very clearly landlocked in the middle of the country, yeah. but I know for sure you are, you are expanding quickly and you will have some surf side <laughs> locations. I'm sure in the not so distant future. And I will happily go surf and eat some Hawaiian bros. After. All right. Fair enough. Fair enough. Um, but I'm, I, I, I think what's fascinating is that you're at this really exciting space where you can move fast. Yeah. where you can test ideas that maybe would be harder for those larger teams to experiment with. Um, what do you think, what do you think other organizations, what's your, some of this might be assumption or maybe feedback you've heard from some of your partners. What do you think other organizations are struggling to get right? What's something that, that as they're looking at um, this, this space that they're, they're maybe going, yeah, they, they could have done better here, but it's, it's hard to do that. Yeah. Um, I would say, Probably speed and, and accuracy, um, especially in, in drive-throughs. It's it's hard to predict what people are going to do in a drive-through, um, mm -hmm. and and I see some brands uh, kind of just give up on it and say it is oh, yeah. it is what it is. You know, um, maybe we'll put in a new quarter point and it'll look nicer, but the speeds aren't going to change. So right, um, how does speed get fixed? I mean, what, what's the what are you finding is the most effective way to deal with speed? Now you talked about Toast doing some of this kind of um, alpha work to say like we can kind of see as people are are actually taking place. Yeah. But where where is the breakpoints there? So the the handheld and the kind of preview of the order that's that's a piece of it. Mm -hmm. um, what what I think has helped is we have a very simple menu um, and then. We, we actually provide multiple tools. So our employees can go out, take an order on a handheld, or they can talk through a headset. Um, we're also building a prototype of a new drive-through um, using two-way video communication. So you, it'll almost be like FaceTiming with somebody. And you yeah. know, I'm, I'm really curious to see if being able to have like eye-to-eye -eye conversation with somebody taking your order um, you know, helps with that. And, and there's been a lot of challenges, but that one's been a fun project too. So. 
I recently was listening to another podcast that they were talking about, and I don't know that I love this idea. So I hopefully don't take this one as like inspiration, but they were talking about the fact that there are some grocery stores that are testing out basically outsourcing that. So they're, they're sending that even the people that are helping you put in the orders are people that are in like on another part in the world. Like, Mm -hmm. so you have that FaceTime person is this there to be a lesser, um, a lesser cost uh, customer service person. And so they like, as they come up, the camera turns on and uh, they can kind of have this interaction. The hardest part though, is that they they can't address anything at the location. So something's not quite right. You can still have this bottleneck of the person that you're essentially a third party program at that point. And your complaints and everything go through another company. So, but you can see how people are trying to, to figure that out, right? Like they're trying to run that experiment to say, how can technology, uh, how can technology help with this to become more efficient, right? Could reduce cost because that is about it's business, uh, but also provide a good customer experience. Um, right. And I think those, that's sometimes hard to get all three of those to work. Yeah. And I think, so the way we're looking at it is if we, if we add yet another tool essentially for the in-store employees to be able to use, whether that's the handheld or headset, or now we'll you know have the potential of two-way video communication, they'll be able to choose which one fits that day best. Um, And so we're pretty pragmatic on our our technology solutions. Um, And and sometimes it'll be multiple solutions for the same outcome that they can run. Yeah, that's really smart and honestly super agile and flexible. Yeah, um, that's, I think the, the flexibility in store and that that's really made a big difference. Um, I don't know day-to-day what challenges um, they may be seeing. I know some of them, but if I can give them tools that they can choose for, you know, what fits, um, that's going to make them more successful. I think that what you just said is so key because I think that the reality is a lot of organizations really even end up using technology as a micromanagement tool. Um, How can I get closer to controlling and refining each piece instead of saying, I want to give you the platforms and the tools to empower you to do the decisions that are going to make your unique situation most effective? Well, and I think it really goes to, you know, almost every one of our stores is is a little different. Um, We tweak the actual layout of the stores to try to see, you know, what does this do? How does this work? Um, so there's not a one size fits all for, for our brand. And I don't know that there ever will be. So that's, uh, that's really exciting. Okay. So speaking of exciting, what's something as you look forward, go, go a little further out. Okay. What's the thing that you're like, Oh, I'm this, the potential of this coming I don't know what artificial intelligence or, I mean, where's it, where's it going? Where are you getting excited about what's ahead? Maybe of course there's the, you know, tangible things right in front of you, but look further out. Where do you, where do you see this space going? Yeah. So, um, I mean, we, we love chat GPT <laughs> at Hawaiian bros it and it's fascinating. It is. And it's fun to use. Um, and I think, you know, we're, we're using it to write standard operating procedures and things like that for in-store right now. But, you know, I can't, I can't imagine what we can actually do on the operation side or on the customer, you know, support side with, with some of these technologies that are being developed. Um, I would love to be able to, you know, pick up my phone and just go to the Hawaiian Bros app and say, hey, reorder my favorite. And then it just knows, you know. Um, so I think things like that, um, having a better app 
um, that's going to maybe be standout. You know, I love how Starbucks has their their app set up. Um, Chipotle also has great, you know, UX UI. Um, I think, you know, when we release a new app from our in-house sort of developers, uh, that's going to change the game. So super exciting. Awesome. Yeah. Awesome. Okay. Well, let's, let's wrap up. I, I want to, I want to be able to give you a chance to, to, to plug, but one thing that, uh, one thing that I always really like to say is first off, thank you for, for doing what you do, because I think a lot of product people when they're in this space are behind the scenes and you don't, we don't realize that it's, it's folks like yourself that care deeply about like making this, being curious enough to figure out what's the best possible experience I can make. What's the best way that we can grow and scale this or for not only the business, but also like that the people ordering the food are going to love it. Right. So well done on that because that is hard to do day in and day out. I know that you work really, really hard to, to accomplish that. So first off, thank you. And, and then as, um, as you're envisioning your work in the future, you said you have a small team right now. What are some of the attributes? Because a lot of the things that we come back to in people product is the people, the people, your team. What are some of the attributes or the things that you look for in a product team, on a product team? And I say product in kind of a general sense, your technology team, it could be the yeah. team that's being effective. That can include your leadership as well. But what are the attributes or the things that you look for or um, think are effective to make this team at Hawaiian Bros really, really work great? Yeah, um, I think probably the biggest one right now is is a belief in we're building something bigger um, and and really buying into that. Um, and then, you know, the flexibility to kind of receive feedback and, and take it um, and, and build something with it, not get offended. Um, skill set wise, you know, be a problem solver, um, be curious is a big one and, and not be afraid to, to break something. Um, cause it's going to be a better lesson. Um, you know, w- we've got some guys on our team that are, don't have a technology background, but maybe they're a great operator, um, and, and willing to learn. So really, really kind of open-ended, but um, I would say the buy-in on, on what we're building is a big one. Oh gosh. I love all of it. That's so good. <laughs> I love it. Well, Sean, where can more people learn about you or Hawaiian bros or anything that you're working on right now? Yeah. Um, I mean, Hawaiian bros, you can go to hbros.com and you can also order food if you're lucky enough to have one in your city. Um, for me, you can look me up on LinkedIn, Sean Steppy, or on my Instagram, uh, at whirlygig underscore creative. I mean, you said you got a new lens, so I assume there's some new photography coming out. I love it. Well, Sean, thank you so much for coming on the show today. Super fascinating what you're all working on. So excited to see the growth. And uh, yeah, we'll have to go surfing and, and grab something to eat. Yeah, I appreciate it. This was a blast. Thank you, George. Thanks, Sean. People of Product is brought to you by Crema, a digital product agency. We believe creativity, technology, and culture can help individuals and organizations thrive. Learn more at crema.us.